Hey, good morning. It's good to see you guys here at Grove Central. Hope you had a great Christmas and hope uh, you guys uh, just enjoyed the week. Uh, hey, it, good news. 2020 is almost over. Can I get a whoop whoop? <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited 2020 is over, although it's been a, a year, uh, different challenges for different people for different reasons, right? So whatever, whether your year was challenging or it was a year of maybe some increase and maybe some learning, it, that's great. Um, we can start, we always have a, a look forward to a new start and a new year in 2021. And so I'm excited that the year is almost over, though. I'm looking forward to it because I know it's been challenging for a lot of people. And uh, But here's the thing. This series is about hope, and really hope is holding on to something greater than whatever you face. And just in case 2021 is anything like 2020, we can still learn and we can still grow and we can still get through the year like we did this year. And so uh, we're just glad you're here with us at Grove Central. Welcome all those online. Thanks for tuning in with us. We're glad you're with us also. Um, you know, what we said in the series is when it comes to GSP and the hope of the world, uh, he shows us hope. He gives us hope. And we said if we're going to have hope, what that means is we have to hold on because at some point pain will end, right? Hold on. Don't give up. 2020 is almost over. Hold on. Don't give up whenever you're going through something difficult because you'll become better. You'll be better on the other side if you don't give up, right? And we said this for the series that some will see struggle um, as a prison and some will see it as a classroom. And then Christmas Eve, we said some will see darkness and the difficult times that we go through um, as, as a prison and others will see it just as a waiting room. We're in a season of waiting because we know there'll be something better that's coming. Um, in this in this season of, of, of darkness and season of difficulty as we go through, um, we can always learn something and let it be a, a classroom to teach us. Uh, there's a, a book that I read a, a while back. Actually, Sincerity read it. She, she had me read it after her, and it's called Hope in the Dark. And uh, we read this a couple years ago, actually, and uh, it was really helpful to her because there was a season of some challenges she was going through and wanted us to learn. And this, uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle wrote this book from a perspective of a father who was walking through something very difficult with one of his kids. And, um, he, and it's called Hope in the Dark, and he talks about you can still have hope even in a dark season. And he said this in the book, which I thought was really great when it comes to pain. He said, the pain seems to yell while hope only whispers. In your life, and I don't know if you, know, if you look back over 2020, pain – Right. And politics, it seems like there's a lot of loud voices out there. Hope is always going to be the whisper that if you don't calm, slow down and, and focus on other things and just what's in front of you all the time, you can miss the whisper. And God's always whispering, always speaking. And we have to be the kind of people who learn to say, I'm going to I'm going to listen for what God has to say in this. And so uh, we're going to talk about that, what hope is. And so for this uh, Christmas season, we wanted to walk through what did it looked like for the characters in the first Christmas story. Right. Mary, uh, the shepherds. Uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth, and there's other characters in it. And here's the thing. The Christmas story doesn't end on Christmas Day. It continues on. Um, but I read something on Christmas Eve, part of the story of the shepherds, and it said this, and I'm going to read a second part of this because I'm going to talk about other characters and other things that took place. After the shepherds, right, we talked about this on Christmas Eve, all who heard the shepherds' story were astonished, and they heard and they were amazed at what they told them, right? But it says, but Mary kept all of these things in her heart and thought about them often. So notice what Mary did um, in this nine month period of her being told she had a baby to the point of having a baby. You can imagine all of the different emotions and all the different things in that take, that took place in that year, right? For her, probably a lot of challenges, some of the conversations, some of the gossip, some of the whispers, the different people in, in her life of saying things about her and about Joseph, right? You can only imagine those conversations. And all the time, in the beginning, she got this word from an angel, right? So it's kind of like, wow, this is very supernatural. I don't know what's going to take place. And then well, when Jesus is born, these shepherds show up, right? And they're like, she's like, whoa, what's going on, right? And they're like, you'll never guess. These angels appeared and told us about Jesus being born and a heavenly choir sang, and it was freaked us out, but we had to come see Jesus for ourselves. And it says that after this, Mary kept all these things in her heart 
She held on to these things. Because as you know, sometimes in life you go through something difficult. If you have something to hold on to, it'll help push you through those difficult times. Um, I said last week, I said the reason 2020 for me has not been the, that, that difficult in, in terms of, of being able to process and go through it is because I've had other years that I've faced dif- more difficulties and harder times. And I learned from those years. They taught me that I made it through those years. I could make it through this year also. So I didn't give up hope. I didn't get discouraged and, and, and overwhelmed from the year because I know that when that happens, I could tend to miss things because I'll focus on the issues and the problems. So I said, let 2020 be a classroom and a teacher. And then notice what, the, what happens after this. So the story continues on. It says the shepherds go back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. So they had some hope there, right? They can make it through some dark times now because they know Jesus showed up. And it was just as the angels had told them. And then it says, the next verse, it says, that after eight days, then they went to the temple to dedicate Jesus and to get him circumcised and that whole process. And then it says that there was a man who was led by the Holy Spirit. His name was Simeon. And he went to go to, um, um, to, to the temple when Joseph and Mary there dedicating the child. And here's the thing. Uh, Simeon, he, was, he, he had a word from God that before he died, he was going to see the Messiah. And so his whole life, he knew before he died, he was going to be able to see Jesus uh, come born, born on the earth. And so he had this promise from God that he was going to see it. So the day that the Holy Spirit leads him to the temple, he sees the Messiah, and he has a song. And Luke records these four different songs of the Christmas story, right? There, there's different songs. They break into song because sometimes words just aren't enough. You have to sing it out. You have to express it. And because of the joy he had, he was able to express um, through prayer and, and through song what God had done for him. And so in the story, even these characters, they were holding on to something that God told them. Simeon, Mary, Zachariah, and Elizabeth. And they saw that even through the process of labor and, and all that uh, pregnancy, that God had something for them, but they held on to these things. And that's the secret in having hope is you have to hold on to something that's greater than what you're facing if you're going to make it through. And so when you're in a difficult situation, you hold on to the, the outcome that's going to happen, right? The same way a woman who's giving uh, birth to a child, does, for the moment, the pain is hard, but there's always that I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it through this because I know I'm going to produce something that's going to be beautiful and amazing, right? And we always get that. So in our life, and I think of 2020, you know, when it comes to vision, we say somebody has perfect vision, has 2020 vision, right? And a lot of people thought, like, this year, nobody could have imagined what was going to take place. Well, God wasn't surprised by it, but I think the year lived up to what it was, what, what, what it was called, 2020. Like, it actually reveals to us in 2020 who we are if we're willing to look in, and pay attention, look in the mirror, and, and, and ask God to help us see. Because through the year... What happens is, is, is the challenges we go through reveal who we are, reveal where our faith is, reveal where our trust is in our life. And like Jesus said, right? When you build your house upon something, uh, you, it'll, the storms always reveal what it's built upon. So if your life is built on sand, the storms are going to show that when your house crumbles, you weren't on something, it wasn't something solid. But if you build your life upon his teachings, he says, when the storms come, the house will stand because it's on a solid foundation that won't shake, be shaken. And so 2020 is kind of like that storm. It's going to shake our lives to reveal what's there. So if you look back over the year and your life was shaken and there was a lot of things that crumbled and fell, that just shows that we weren't built, our trust and our foundation wasn't on Christ. It wasn't on on godly principles. It was probably most likely on just sand, human thinking, human reasoning. So 2020 reveals all that to us when we go through something difficult. And that could be a gift. Some people see it as a prison, others see it as a gift. And, and God wants to see it. So here's, here's the thing. There's a, there's a verse in Proverbs uh, 29. It says this, where there's no vision, the people perish. So when there's a lack of vision in somebody's life, that person is going to perish. 
What, what the context of this, what everybody is saying is, when somebody doesn't have a vision for their life, the, the, the word they use is it cast off restraint. Like they, they have no self-control. They have no self-discipline. So another way to say that is when somebody doesn't have a vision for their life, they're going to eat, they're going to drink, and they're going to fill themselves to death. Like they're going to feel like – what I mean by fill is they're going to go through life just living off of feelings and emotions. I'm going to do what feels good. Because when you have no vision, it's not a big deal to in, indulge and, and live for the moment, right? Because there's, no, there's nothing in the future you're living for. But when you have a vision, that tells you how you should live today because you want to get to that goal, that desired destination, that desired uh, outcome that you hope to get to, right? And so um, vision is really the ability to see what others can't see. It's to learn from the past, it's to see the future, and to get the wisdom how to apply what you have now to get to that future that you want. We can say it like this. Uh, When it comes to 2020 vision, right, really that 2020 is about sight. It's what we see with our eyes. Sight is a function of the eyes, but vision is a function of the heart. See, 2020, a lot of people have had sight for 2020. I can say, how was 2020? Well, uh, COVID, right? Well, elections, it was... COVID's fault. It was uh, the Democrats' fault. It was the Republicans' fault, right? Everybody has the ability to see, kind of like, it's kind of confusing, but we see kind of what's going on. Very few have the ability to actually see, have a vision of what's taking place in the life, because vision is a function of the heart. See, eyes that look and point out all the negative, point out all the, all the challenges, that's common. But eyes that see through that, the, the potential, the possibilities, that's rare. So sight is the ability to see things as they are, but vision is the ability to see things as they can be, as they should be, as we hope for them to be. Everybody has sight, but not everybody has vision. Uh, Helen Keller, she said this, and Helen Keller was born blind um, and deaf, right? So she had a, a lady that came and helped her to learn how to be able to communicate other ways. She said the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. Her life, if you read some of her stories, even though she had uh, all these disabilities and, and you would think like she couldn't accomplish much of her life, she accomplished a lot because she had people in her life that said, hey, there's something greater for you than just sight and, vi- and hearing, right? There's, there's a life you can live. And she had a vision for her life to accomplish great things. And she said, you know, what's being, worse than being more blind is being, having sight but no vision. And a lot of people in our world have sight, but they have no vision. And I thought we'd end the year by talking about that. See, so. 2020, some people, there was some, some people that struggled in their marriages. Other marriages, they actually became healthier and stronger. Some uh, struggled financially. Others, they figured out ways to, to save and to make it stronger financially, right? Um, mentally, emotionally, some faltered and some grew stronger. It was really about them seeing what could be, not just what was or, or, or what was around. It's, it's a function of the heart, vision is. And I think um, for us, God wants us to have a vision, have vision in our life that we see beyond what's there. And that's what hope does. Hope gives us the ability to see beyond. Hope is really a, a vision and, and the confidence in God's word, confidence in his promises of what he said is going to happen. I said last week that um, a, a defeated Christian is oxymoron. You can't defeat a Christian, right? Paul said, hey, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Essentially, he said, I, I win either way. If you kill me, I go to heaven. That's great. And if you imprison me, then I write letters, right, to, to the church. Like if I live, it's to do good on the earth. And if I die, I go to heaven to be with Christ. You can't defeat somebody that has that perspective or that, that um, um, ability to look. I read a, a story. It was a, it was a, a study they did um, of, of some dogs in the 1960s. And uh, what they did is, is they put these, these dogs in two different scenarios. 
One scenario, they both had these little bit of electricity on the floor. And one scenario, they allowed the dog to learn they can escape from electricity. The others, they didn't allow them to get out. And so um, over time, they would do these experiments, and they would switch, them, switch the, the, the different environments. And the dogs that learned that they can escape when there's a struggle or a challenge would always look for ways to get out away from the electricity. And the dogs that in the beginning were taught that they couldn't escape it, they would actually would just kneel down, hunker down on the on electricity, and just whimper and cry until it was over. And, and what they found is they, they, they called it a learned hopelessness, that these dogs – and they found the same characteristics in human beings, that, that the, the dogs that just gave up in difficult situations, they learned what it was like to have – to be hopeless in a situation. So they just – they assumed, I couldn't get there last time, so I'm not going to get there next time. So they would just lay down and, and wait until it was over. And I think in our, in our year, there's a lot of people who have learned hopelessness where in the year they just kind of sit and wait for it to be over. I'm like, I can't wait to be over, and, and they don't do anything. Well, the other dogs, they, they came to be known as learned optimism, that they figured out ways to work through whatever difficulties that were, were going on. And they said human beings have these same characteristics. We are either people who have vision for our life to say we can make it through whatever comes our way because there's something better down the road, or – we, we become helpless and hopeless, and we just wait for it to be, in, to, to be over, and we don't do anything. So I have a friend. I was talking to a friend yesterday, and uh, he was saying that in 2020, um, he got his master's degree. And I was like, really? And his wife's like, yeah. So typically it takes people like two years, right? And he did it in six months. Um, he says because of COVID, right? He had more time to focus on these things and do the, the studies and all that, and he was able to accomplish more. So some people sat and waited for 2020 to end so they could start their degree. My friend did his in six months, right? Why? Because he had a vision that he saw something that was possible when others didn't see that possibility. He said, what can I do in this? So some see the problem. Others, they see the opportunity. Um, I was reading a, a book of this businessman, and he was, um, he was, he was doing a teaching for some, some, some Chinese businessmen. And um, after the teaching, they really liked what he, what he said. They said, hey, can you come to dinner for us? We'd love to talk more and engage. And so him and, and these Chinese the, the men, they went to, to dinner, and they were talking. And uh, this, this business leader is a black man, and so they were, they were talking. They said, you know, it seems like when we go around different communities, um, it seems like when we see um, your people, it seems like a lot of times that socioeconomically they're, they're lower on the, on the lower spectrum. Uh, and, he sa- and, and they said, but our people, when, when our Chinese people move in, it seems like they own businesses, and they, they do pretty well after a little while. And, and he says, yes, I've, I've noticed this too. And he said, even in my community, right? He said, there's a Chinese restaurant that's doing really well. And he says, tell me your secret. And the Chinese businessman said, well, we've been thinking about it for a while. And they said, we think part of it is this. He says, they said, in our language, he says, we don't have a word for chaos and we don't have a word for problem. So the same word you would say problem or chaos, we use the character, the character of opportunity. So you say problem, we say opportunity you say chaos we say opportunity he says so when when most people go to a, a town they look for a job he says when we go to a town we look for a business he says we you you see what you're looking for and so he says so when most people right if they have sight they're looking at the problem but those that have vision they look at the opportunity so what do you see do you see a problem or do you see an opportunity it was 2020 when you look back was it just problems or were there a lot of opportunities in front of you? Did you learn? Did you grow? Was it a classroom or was it a prison? And that would tell you the difference if you have a person of sight or if you're a person of vision. Were you able to see beyond that? 
You know, I heard a, a story about these two college uh, students who, um, during college break, summer break, they wanted to go travel the world, and so they wanted to go to India and visit it and see the country, and uh, kind of, they went from Calcutta to Bombay, and they they just toured this place, and after a couple months, one of the college students says, I mean, I can't take it no more, I gotta go home, all this poverty, just just uh, millions and millions of people, of people you know, and, and he said, he texts his friend, says, I gotta get out of here, look at it, he says, look at these people, he's like, they, they, have, they don't have shoes, they're dirty, he's like, it's just, I just need to leave, he said, look at these people, they're all barefoot, and they just, they, it's just a, a poor society, and the other guy says, Yes, look at all of those bare feet. And they both go back home. One saw the problem. The other saw the opportunity. He went back home, dropped out of college, and he began to work on a patent for some shoes that we now know as, you know, like the popular flip-flops. He designed this plastic that was very cheap to make. And he said, um, so he made this patent and, and made it for like 50 cents or so and began to, to, to ship them to India. And almost overnight, he became a multimillionaire because one person saw dirty bare feet the other one saw shoes. He saw an opportunity to sell a lot of shoes to millions and millions of people, right? One sees a problem. One sees an opportunity. His name is Tom McCann. You read his story. He saw, so when one sees bare feet, the other one sees an opportunity to do something, to make a difference, to, to solve an issue, solve a problem. And that's the difference between sight and vision. So 2020, did you just have sight or did you have vision? And if you didn't have vision, I would pray that 2021 would be the year that you say, I want to be able to see beyond what isn't what I'm going through in the middle, uh, that, that whatever challenges I face, I can see beyond this. See, so some will see the pain as a prison, but others will see it as a teacher. What do you see difficulties as? Is it just something to wait to get through, or is it a teacher that you can learn from, right? Um, many get stuck. Others figure out ways to keep moving forward. So one of the things that I do during the series is I try to find different resources and books to learn about the, t- the subject that we're going over. And I found this book. It's, it's a, a really great book. It's called Hope Hills. And uh, one of the things that I encourage people, when you're going through something difficult, would you look for stories of people that, have, that are going through maybe something similar or worse than you are? Because that will help you see that you're not alone because pain always yells, right? It always tells us that we're the only ones feeling it. It's not true. Other people have pain too. And if you find it, it will encourage you. And so I, I, this series, I read through a book called Hope Hills, and it's a story about a, a young couple um, who uh, the wife had a stroke and almost died. And uh, let me show you a video, and then I'll come talk a little about it, right? So watch this video. I imagine most of us have fairly straightforward pictures in our heads about what our lives will look like and who we will become. When something happens that is not inside the four corners of that picture, we view it as a detour and hope to get back on track as quickly as possible. So what happens when you take a detour and can't ever get back to the original picture? My detour was a massive brainstem stroke that almost took my life. I had a six-month-old baby, and my husband was weeks away from finishing law school. Obviously, I lived. However, I've had 11 surgeries, and I can't do so many things I used to. And there is a profound sense of loss that lingers. But I've learned above all other lessons 
to discover a hope that heals the most broken places, our souls. Perhaps some detours aren't detours at all. Perhaps they are actually the path, the picture, and perhaps they can be perfect. When you look at other people's stories and you, you, you encounter what they went through and the difficulties they got through, they made it through, it encourages us. So Jay Wolf, the husband in their book, they, they co-wrote this book, Hope Hills. And in the book, he says this. He's reading through the, 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 the book of Job in the Bible. And he says there's a comparison between his, his, his life, his wife's life, and, and Job. And he says that sometimes suffering comes because of the decisions we make. Sometimes it comes as a way for God to gauge his place in our hearts. And sometimes it comes simply as a byproduct of living in a world that is in a state of falling apart. So sometimes it's our fault. Sometimes it's the, it's the sin nature, right? Sin has broken our world. And sometimes it's God testing us and trying to teach us something in the middle of it. And he said, really, it's, it's the perspective of how when we face something, what are we going to focus on? Are we going to just have sight and see what's in front of us? Or are we going to have, see, have some vision to see what could be in the future? You know, hope, hope believes that we'll get through it. It remembers other times or other seasons that we've gone through or others have gone through and encourage us to say, you can also make it through. You can, you can believe, faith believes the impossible, right? It waits with expectation for God to work on our behalf. In fact, Hebrews tells us this, Hebrews 6.19, the author says, we have this hope. And notice what he says this hope is like. It's like an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. You get the picture there? There's a storm raging. And the ship is kind of being rocked a little bit, but it's anchored to something solid. So they don't have the fear of it being crumbled and, and being wrecked apart because it's anchored to something that's stronger than the storm, right? It's anchored to something so it doesn't lose. What is your anchor in? See, in 2020, if we look back at it, if you didn't have a firm anchor, you rocked everywhere, you went everywhere with all the emotions and everything that was going on. It's really difficult. But, but Hebrews says the gospel, Jesus' sacrifice, what he did for us is it, it, this hope. That we can also get through it as an anchor for our soul. It's secure. It's firm. We can trust in it. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, We are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed. Any perplexion this, per, uh, this year, 2020, right? What's going on? There's, there's craziness going on, but we are not in despair. We don't give up because we have hope. We're persecuted, but we're not ever abandoned god's always with us we may be struck down but we're not destroyed this is paul's heart this is his perspective why paul had vision most had sight he had vision to say hey guys whatever we face god's going to work it out for good whatever we go through god's going to be there with us he's not going to leave us alone we, we it's the context of god's promise right that he helps us make it through whatever we go because he has good promises for our life uh, there's a, a prophet in the old testament named habakkuk it's a really short book. It's only three chapters long. And in the book of Habakkuk, it's, it's a conversation with God and this, this prophet. And, and so Habakkuk says the statements about how the world is not the way it should be. He's kind of disappointed, a little upset with God that just things aren't working out the way. It's like, God, do you not know 2020 was like the worst thing ever? Like and he's having this complaint about God and how, you know, evil people are succeeding and the, the, his people are trying hard and they're not making it. And the first one is kind of a complaint, and then God says, hey, Habakkuk, like, calm down. I'm still God. I'm still Lord. 
And in the second chapter, he begins to give him some hope. He says, hey, just by the way, um, I have some really good plans, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to amaze everybody. Just hang in there. Have some hope, right? Trust in me. There's going to be something that's coming. And so the second chapter, he's giving some hope. First chapter is complaint. Second chapter is some hope. And then finally, the third chapter, it's kind of like all of a sudden Habakkuk's sight turns into vision. And he begins to see what he didn't see before. And this is how, how it kind of ends. Okay, Habakkuk 3, he says this. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, so even though my life's not going well, even though I don't have the money in my account like I was hoping, or the olive crops fail, though the olive crops fail and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. If you read chapter 1 and chapter 3, it's a stark contrast. Chapter 1, a lot of sight, a lot of complaining. Chapter 3 is all of a sudden now saying, even if things weren't going the way I wanted them to go, I'm going to what? Rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to be joyful in God, my Savior. So his despair turned into hope. His sight turned into vision. He began to see what he didn't see before because he said, all right, no matter what's going on in this world, yet I will rejoice. I still have hope. I have something greater to hold on to than the difficulty I'm going through. I'll be joyful in God, my Savior. It's a choice. He's saying, I'm going to make the choice that though it's difficult, yet I will still hold on to God. Though I go through something hard, I will hold on to the promises that God has for my life, that there's something greater in the future. And whether we see it on earth or not, we will one day see it in heaven. We hold on to that saying, God, we're going to trust you for whatever, everything you have for us. And then he ends it by saying this, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. So in the beginning, he's complaining, saying, God, make my life easy. So most of our prayers, if we're honest, when it comes to God, we're saying, God, make my life comfortable. God, make my path easy. Make things easier for me. 2020 is hard. Would you make it easy? Take away all the difficulties so it would be easy for me. A lot of times that's how our prayers revolve around. And in the beginning, that's Habakkuk's prayer. Make it easy. Fix all these things that are broken. And then he has the change of just sight into vision. He begins to say, you know what? I'm looking at this all wrong. It's not that I need an easier life. I actually need the right feet to make it to the right place that God wants me to. Because God's vision for life, just so you know, it's an amazing place, but it's high. And if you know anything about mountains and climbing, it takes effort and work to get to a higher altitude, a higher, a greater view. It's going to take work. And so he says, hey, God, instead of making it easy and just staying where everybody else is and having sight, I really want vision. So would you give me the right feet for the journey? And his prayer switches from make it easy to make me strong enough to, to get to the place you want me to go. That's the difference between sight and vision. As we're saying, I need to be able to accomplish the things you want me to accomplish now so I can get to the place you want me to be. So give me the right feet. Give me the right perspective. Give me the vision for my life that can have that. You want a good marriage? It starts with some action, right? You don't just show up there. Nobody ends up on the top of a mountain by accident. You want better finances? It doesn't just happen. You have to work. There's some principles that you put in place. You want healthy relationships? There's principles you put in place. What he's saying is give me the right legs. And, and if you know anything about, well, it, when it comes to legs, you know, you want some really strong calves, you should jump on a bike, right? Right? Jump on a bike. That'll give you some strong calves. You work your legs, and the more resistance you have, the stronger your legs get. So if you want strong legs and you're going through something hard, maybe it's to get you stronger so you can go further, farther higher and that's what vision is it says maybe it's an opportunity to get better not 
a problem that I have to, re- to, to resist or to, to get away from. And God always wants us to get stronger. What is it? It's hope. Hope. God wants us to have hope that whatever we face, he's going to make us better so we can get to the places he wants us to be. Many, many people face 2020 as, I'm just going to wait for this year to end. And I'm, I'm grateful it is ending. I'm grateful for a new start. But at the same time, if we're not careful, we'll miss opportunities to learn from the year and go into 2021. And some people will repeat 2021 exactly like 2020, even though they don't have to. Maybe some 2021 could be the year of those degrees that everybody's been waiting for, the books or whatever that they're waiting for. They can do it because it's hope, right, that we will do something. Hope is holding on to the promise that no matter how hard it gets, God has something better in the future. God is bigger than the pain. God is bigger than the struggle. God is bigger than the fear. God is bigger than whatever it is that we face. But we have to hold on because we know pain ends. Hold on because we know God has something for us. When you're a baby, at some point, you are tired of just laying on your back, laying in your stomach, that you begin to push yourself up, and you begin to move yourself to try to move around, right? You were starting to explore the world. Like, existing wasn't enough. You wanted to be mobile. So you begin to move and crawl. And then after crawl, after a while, crawling wasn't enough. You had to, wanted to walk. You had a little more freedom. And then after walking for a while, you realize you can actually run also, and you can move. Well, in our life, a lot of people wanted to get to the mountaintops. They wanted to experience the great things in life, but they're not always willing to start crawling towards something. They're not willing to start walking. And too many times we think it's just going to happen, and God is saying, no, no, you need the right feet. So the challenges you go through actually strengthen you so you can become a stronger, better person. So maybe for us, 2021, some of the things we wanted to accomplish, maybe financially, relationally, we're wanting it to be fixed right away, but we just need to start crawling. We need to start doing something very simple. What are those principles we need to do financially? Just crawl towards something. Set a budget, right? Make it very, very simple. Here's the budget. Here's where all my money is going to go. And if, you, if you're not saving money every month, you really don't have a budget, right? That's like the gauge. But you just start something. You just start crawling towards something. And eventually, you start walking. And as you get better at it, you can actually start running, and you'll actually accomplish greater things in your life. Principle is the same thing. And I think too many people, what happens is they're waiting for us to just, waiting for life to just happen to us when really it's up to us to begin to make, make life begin happening around us. So we just choose to do what's right. So here's my challenge for today, all right? Would you hold on? Don't give up, but get up, right? You have to get off your hands. You have to get off your seat. You have to begin to crawl. You have to begin to walk. You have to begin to do something. You have to prepare for the future. Next, next week at 20, we start the new year. We'll talk about preparation. We'll talk about starting right. But right now, we have to say, I'm going to hold on to the promises God has. But it's not an inactive hope. It's a very active hope saying, I'm going to do something while I'm waiting. I'm going to do something while I hold on to what God has for me. I'm going to crawl if I have to crawl. I'm going to walk if I have to walk. I'm going to do something to make sure that I get to what God has me to get to. So 2020, reflect, learn, and then don't repeat anything that was negative and anything that was positive. Get better at it. Maybe you crawled in 2020. That's good. Whatever it was you're crawling in. You know, when it comes to 2021, I would encourage Bible study, prayer, so maybe you're not good at that yet. Start crawling. It's okay. Just start with something simple. Start working that way. And eventually you'll get better and better. You'll get stronger at those things. Conversations, right? That you have to have with people. Just begin to work towards those things. But you have to do something. We're always called to some, there's some kind of action God's always calling us to. If we want to make it to the tops of the mountain, we have to start somewhere. One step, one crawl. Just begin to move that direction. You know, as we end our service, I want to give an opportunity for those in the room and those online 
Maybe as you reflect on 2020, you would say, you know what? I just sat and waited. Like I didn't have vision because I was just looking at everything that was going on. And this year, I'm going to ask God to give me vision for my life. I want to ask God to help me to see what others don't see. Help me to see even what I'm missing. I'd love to just have you to start the year, end the year off right. Start the year off by saying, God, I invite you to be the one that leads me. See, God has a vision for each of our life. And if we'll seek him, we'll begin to discover our purpose. We'll begin to discover the things he wants us to accomplish. And you were created for a specific reason. And God wants to lead you in that. If you'll be people that say, I don't want to just go through life. I want to live with purpose. I want to live with vision that I can accomplish the thing God has for me. So do me a favor. Would you close your eyes and bow your head today as we end our service? And if you're in this room, you'd say, you know what? I want to end my year off and start my year off by saying, God, would you be the one that leads my life? God, I need your help. I want to put my trust in you. I want to follow your lead. Would you give me the vision for my life that you have? So if you're in this room and you'd recognize that as you look over the year, you have maybe not let God lead you. He hasn't been the one that's been leading. You've been kind of just waiting. But today you say, I want to begin to start this journey following him. I want to invite him into my life. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right there where you're at in, the, in your seat? Awesome. A couple hands. For you all watching online, I'll lead you to prayer in a second. Anybody else? All right, for you that raise your hand, I'll lead you to prayer. And for the rest of us in the room, would we pray with them, so those that raise their hand, not praying alone? And just say this, say, Father God, today I invite you into my life. Would you lead me? Would you give, give me a vision? Help me to see what you see. I put my trust in you today. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to give us a, a way to, a, an example of how to live. Thank you that he sacrificed his life on our behalf. I follow your lead today. Help me to learn from this year. How many go into the next year with confidence and boldness? Following your lead. Give me the right legs for the journey. Give me the right perspective for this next year. I invite you to lead me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.